0: Enjoying an early week recording this week, welcome to Handoff Pod. boys and girls, welcome to episode 286 of Hand of Pod, I'm Sam Kelly. This week in my living room are English Dan. Hello
1: and welcome to another recording.
0: And Argentine Andres. Hello and welcome. How are you both guys? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good, can't complain. (laughs) Excellent. Glad to hear it. Right, the scores from the weekend just gone in the Argentine Superliga... Well I've just realised That I challenged Somebody earlier To a predict off This mm-hmm. weekend And there are no matches This weekend so, well, actually, so I'm not sure What he's tweeted me I assume it'll be The, the matches Week and a half's time mm-hmm. So that'll be a hangover For next week um,
1: well, Yeah
2: you can save them You can yeah. You you must uh, Remember Next week Not to ask anyone Yeah so it's good To have time. them
1: in reserve I guess yeah. I'm Really I'm done, clever yeah
0: today on the ball. Uh, The scores from the weekend just got on Friday evening. There were two matches. Rosario Central beat Chacarita Juniors 3-1 in Rosario. And in Santa Fe, Lanús got a somewhat surprising victory over Colón 2-1. On Saturday, Argentinos Juniors beat Newell's Old Boys 1-0 in the Estadio Diego Maradona. Tempele won huracan Two, San Martín de San Juan 3 Gimnasia y Prima La Plata 0 San Lorenzo 2 Olimpo 0 Tacheres 1 Defensa y Justicia 0 Lots of home clean sheets on Saturday <coughs> On Sunday morning slash afternoon um, Because it, the first half was played in the morning And the second in the afternoon um, There was another home clean sheet Racing beat Patronato 5-0 In a match which I'm sure Paralyzed television screens across Europe That was the idea anyway Arsenal de Sarandí and merez Sarsfield drew 1-1 in Sarandí. Estudiantes lost at home 1-0 to Godoy Cruz, who as a result now have two consecutive away wins after not managing a single away win uh, since about the second round of the championship. go uh, Tucumán held Boca Juniors to a 1-1 draw in Tucumán and River Plate, fresh off the back of that Superclassico Supercopa win, beat Belgrano 3-1. On Monday, the final scores were Banfield 0, Unión de Santa Fe 2, and
1: Tigre 1, Independiente 1. Just going back to that point about the 11 o'clock kickoffs, and apparently meant to be for European audiences. Do any European countries actually get Argentine football? Some, some must.
0: I've seen Argentine football on television in Spain. That was ten years ago, but... 10 years ago yeah, yeah. I,
1: mean. I don't know if they would now that all the rights have changed
0: yeah. and clearly um, they're trying to make it attractive for that market why yeah do they think a that bit no <laughs> one's got the rights yeah, and, and something why they would have to find out. Yeah. they think that the best way of doing this is to schedule not particularly attractive matches at the same time as the competition lineup, like. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, Genius. directly in competition with the Premier League and La Liga and Serie A. I don't know. I would have thought that the sensible thing to I do. I Stick to putting the best matches at sort of five o'clock. Hmm. Particularly, most notably, the Boca and River matches, because to be honest, those are the ones that foreigners are most likely to want to watch. Yes, you okay. know, foreigners who don't listen to this podcast that might want to dip their toes. I don't realise water. that Argentine
1: football is actually not that good to watch. Yeah, yeah. and that yeah. as well.
0: Uh, but, but you know, want to dip their toes into the world of watching Argentine football? I would think are going to be most attracted to watching Boca and River. So don't put yeah. Boca's game at seven o'clock at uh, sorry, of course, to six at night, and River's at eight o'clock at night, which is eleven o'clock at night in the UK and midnight in Western Europe. I would have thought
2: would be the obvious thing to do. Um, I think they can watch it via streaming, of course. But um, yes, the problem is that the time, the the schedule of the of the rounds. Now that they they. Uh, more winter times uh, means that you have uh, matches at 11 a.m. here and uh, 2 p.m. in the UK and then like you said at, at uh, midnight the, in the case or 11 uh, p.m. in the case of, of, of River and perhaps the, the, the best part is that Book River played one uh, before one after the other but yeah. uh, yes you have to be 11 hours in front of the T V perhaps. Almost to watch all of the matches. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I took a break in the middle of it. I mean I, I I watched I ended up watching most of the second half of the Racing game mm-hmm. on Sunday. Um, we may as well start there because it was a good win and because Dan's here. I am so yes. congratulations, Dan. Thanks. Two goals for Alejandro Donati. So is he the new Leonardo Martinez?
1: I think yeah, of course. There's only one way to say it. But, um Lardano is 20 now, he's probably over, of course. He only scored one on mm. Sunday, which. I you know, think it was the fifth one. It's pretty rubbish, yeah. not No, I mean, one of Racing's big strengths since uh, Chacho Coder has taken over is its ability to score through their defenders and and through set pieces. Uh, three of the goals on Sunday came from that outlet. I mean, two of them weren't ex- actually set piece. I don't know how they go down in, in the statistics because it didn't come directly from the, the free kick or the corner it was like a rebound it came out and it was like the the follow up cross let's say Yeah. so I don't know would that go down as open play technically I think you'd have to ask the individual
0: statistician on this app that I'm using where's a
1: statistician up? when you need one
0: Yeah, on this app that I'm looking at for my um uh, on my phone to read the scores out because the computer's just down there and it's easier to just do it on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have got Donati's first goal listed as a headed goal. It was and a headed goal, yeah. The second goal listed as a goal from open play. Um, yes, yes. Because, of course, Argentine statisticians separates those two categories as well because mm-hmm. nobody's ever seen a headed goal scored from open play. No, i have just Leonardo Sigali's opener was also a, a headed goal. So, yes. Three goals.
2: Well, and two of them. In total Donati scored three and Sierra two, I think. In, in total, the se- yeah, in the
1: season so far, yeah. Which means actually in which means eight the- games
2: we've had so far
1: in Superliga? In
0: twenty eighteen. Oh, so far this year, yes. yes. Uh, we came back for the thirteenth round, something like that, didn't we? So yeah, yeah it's about eight. In which
1: Racing of one yeah. six and drawn one. So they've been A very, very hard thing to beat. And the great thing about Sunday's performance was aside from the goals because Racing have been scoring goals under uh, uh it was just a fantastic team performance against the Padre Rata team that let's be honest were pretty damn awful but, but Racing the week before I played the Chacarita team which is also awful and only drawn so it was a dominant performance Racing had something like almost 70% of the ball they had so many chances it could have even been more if Laudaro and wasn't snatching at his chances early but the kid you can see he kind of wanted to go off uh, for his first international call-up on a high so he was really looking for that goal and actually called it cheekily said he would have taken him off long before but he wanted to give him him that boost and yeah to be honest there was really no downside for Racing and it's not very often you can say that very accomplished very complete team performance all over the pitch
2: well I, I agree that Patronato are not very good but uh, contrary to the well uh, as a stream, as something remarkable which is typical of Argentina they are awful but they have the sc- goal scorer of the Superliga so far then, Julio Rivas Julio Sebastian, Sebastian Rivas
1: Sebastian Rivas uh,
2: so it's something that yeah you you will say well come on they have the it's something contradictory because uh, but uh, they lost even against, against River. That now it's a new River. But when when they lost against River, they were River was uh, as awful as them. So yeah, uh, yes. It's quite
1: amazing actually that I think Rivas only took the top scorer place from Benedetto a couple of weeks ago, of weeks ago yeah. and Benedetto's been out since the middle <laughs> of November. Lid, yeah, doesn't say something about the some the somewhat lack of firepower in in the Superliga and the fact that you can look at stats but and say ah right this striker's only got I don't know 10 in 25 that's nothing Ronaldo scores 60 a season for Ramarri but it is hard to score in like regularly in the Superliga you look at Tevez's uh, statistics Lisandro Lopez's Lopez's and a guy like I think that's what separates someone like Lautaro Martinez who is now in second place with 10 goals in just 14 games oh is that so yep. I not notice that he'd also leapfrogged Benedetto this yeah this week he did oh so he has yeah. 10 and 14 in Only the one 2017 three, 18 season yeah, yeah. I haven't played far fewer matches I'm guessing and Ignacio Skocco
0: has gone level with him although we'll mm-hmm. get onto that uh, a little cool. later because we're not going to talk about River just yet but well done Racing Um shortly after that match I'm going to talk about this one now because I know that uh, I've read one or two blog posts uh, there was a, an article on uh, Peter's um, website Golasso Argentino um, a week or two ago on, on how interesting uh, velez Sarsfield are to watch under Gabriel Haynes and what lovely football he's got them playing whenever I've watched so of them course they, they don't seem to live up to this they, they no that they drew away to Absenal I mean it's not fantastic that
2: is it and they didn't look that good in doing it either and rumors said last week that Heinze was linked with Boca in case Mm -hmm. Boca doesn't win the Copa del and Guillermo Maros Cloto leaves Boca that Tevez and I don't remember the other uh, strong player that uh, is right now at Boca that they wanted Gabriel Heinze in case yeah,
1: that's a rumour going around. It happens. He's the
0: wanted success. I mean, so far, results-wise at least, I, I, I do get the point that the football at Vélez has improved. Mm. Um, yeah. But the results are underwhelming,
1: really. Yeah, but Vélez are underwhelming. They've got such a poor team. I guess Aynce kind of generates this sympathy because he's trying to play decent football with, uh, with a team that is pretty poor. <laughs>
0: And also, he's putting his faith in the yo- in the youngsters. Not that he's got an awful lot of choice <laughs> in that matter given exactly. the club that he's at. But um, yeah, I just I think that there's been a little bit much made of them. Um, elsewhere, the other big results were there was one on Saturday. Um, in fact, there were two on Saturday regarding the title race, which might possibly be going to develop mm. into a title race now. If we're lucky um, on Saturday evening, San Lorenzo beat Olimpo 2-0, there's I don't think an awful lot to talk about with this one really, now El Barrios scored a really really nice opener um, for San Lorenzo Nicolás Blandi added to that, both of those goals came in the second half because San Lorenzo had sort of struggled to break down Olimpo's um, very much guard action during the first half um, but eventually they got the win I did see one or two slightly um Annoyed comments, unsurprisingly, from Mariano on Twitter while the game was going on, saying that uh, the team have gone downhill, that Leandro Romagnoli isn't the player he once was, but he's still the best player they've got going forward. Um, or at least from a creative, creative point of view, if not, you know, obviously Nicolas Blandi is probably the Poor star. Mariano, of the he's never happy. Uh, no, he's not. Um, but <laughs> he's yeah, like an it's, um, old man that's complaining <laughs> all the time with the team. And yet somehow they remain up there and in contention if Boca start to fall off. They're 11
1: points behind, right?
0: They Ah, yes, San Lorenzo are, yeah. And the team who um, are very much in contention are Tacheres, who won a quite astonishingly bad-tempered match um, against Defensive Justicia in Córdoba, 1-0, thanks to a Juan Ramírez goal uh, about half an hour in. Um, Towards the end of that game, Santiago Silva was sent off to temporarily give Defensive Justicia a one-man advantage before they then had two people sent off in the space of about two or three minutes. Lisandro Martinez and <coughs> Alexander Barbosa, the young ex River Plate defender who is now of DCS captain and who almost took Juan Cruz Comar's head off mm-hmm. with an elbow before going absolutely nuts when the referee sent him off for it. And he was he seemed really genuinely to be sort of oh it's a big conspiracy, okay. how can he possibly send me off for that? He I mean he it was horrible
2: He hit two times with, uh, Two players With an elbow yeah. With his elbow And then he complained When he was sent off I know what, what he, he tried to do Or what he thought That uh, football is with elbows Well No It's not
0: Yeah um, That does mean that Both of Defensive DCS centre-backs Are going to be suspended For their next match I see so, so if you're planning on betting on them uh, Maybe bet against them Next weekend Or well, at least
1: there's going to be A of
0: Yes, all that. Um, but those two results meant that the pressure, such as it was, was on Boca, who were eight points ahead of Tacheres going into that match. Um, and they could only draw away to Atletico Tucumán. They were held 1-1. It was, again, a decent performance by Boca's opponents. We talked last week, Andres, about how some of the um, opponents that Boca have got coming up might have looked at that Super Supercopa game and said, right, well, this is how we can play against them, especially combined with the fact that Argentinos Juniors had, had also beaten Boca 2-0 a, couple, a week and a half before. Um, it, it looked to me like that was what Atletico were trying to do. They, they sort of kept Boca to... I wouldn't say that Boca didn't have any chances. They, they had far more chances, in fact, than Atletico did. Um, but a lot of them were from the sort of positions that, that the hosts seemed fairly comfortable allowing them to have shots. With. Yes, cutting the
2: rhythm... Um uh, running, pushing, trying to make uh, the, the game a bit dirtier in a good sense, mm. and uh, yes, that uh, got the effect. Because well, Boca rescued the point in the last minute, but uh, the image they they left was um, similar to the one to the, to the match in which they lost against Argentine Juniors, and then in the one in which they. Uh, grabbed a win in the last minute against Tigre so these matches were like uh, proof that if you make Boca play uncomfortable well you can get a a good result uh, or mostly good result as Tigre didn't get it but for a couple of minutes
0: Yeah, um, it was an interesting one from Boca in that both Carlos Tevez and Ramon Avila were on the pitch at the same time in the starting lineup. I think Um, they had to go for that
1: right because Taylor's yeah. plan as the force nine let's say as they played with him just wasn't and, doing and
0: anything and he's happier when playing behind two strikers the, the problem I think as much as anything for him at the weekend was that neither of those two strikers were playing particularly well Christian no. Pavon was one of of course he's not really a striker he's more of a winger uh, but he was one of the front two alongside Avila um, and so it's going to be interesting to see how Bokke can, can regroup and, and think things through again Um, when we come back from the international break because I start to try to shout over the exhaust pipe of that idiot um, what this means is that Boca's lead obviously has been cut they are now six points clear of Tacheres at the top of the table Godoy Cruz are four further back um, in third place San Lorenzo and Independiente remain fourth and fifth celebrated by just one goal on the goal difference chart Uh, Independiente of course had had that small advantage But they only drew as we'll discuss Very briefly And then Rassinger one point further back into 6th place Um, So the Libertadores spots Are down to 5th at the moment But it's all very much A very tight battle really Because even just looking down But Argentinos in the bottom Sudamericana spot With 30 points you know, So they're only 6 points behind Independiente Um, But the really interesting thing from the title race point of view Is that that gap at the top Has been cut to 6 points from eight. When a couple of weeks ago, Boca had an eleven-point advantage at one. Well, not a couple of weeks ago; a little further back. Um, and that Boca's next opponents are Tacheres Tacheres When we come back from the international break, um, in the
2: Bombonera, right? Yes, that is. I think that right now is the difference quick because. Yeah. Um, well, when they had to play away in the last matches, they had problems, and the Bombonera ha- still has this special uh, environment that perhaps can re- can help them rescue uh, or at least get uh, m- maintain or keep the advantage they have right now because of course losing will mean to from yeah. that that uh, decided title uh, to well have a right a really big question mark
0: yes absolutely but if any team at the moment you would, if, if there's one team you've back to get a result against Boca in the bombonera it's probably tuseus because they can fight when they need to and they can open up and play football when they need to um, other notable results Of the weekend Who have we covered From the big five so far Racing San Lorenzo Boca um, Which leaves us With Independiente Did you catch Independiente last night By any chance On this? not You didn't I, I managed to catch The replay earlier today I was running it down for a meal Last night um, But I caught Some of the replay I was only half Paying
1: attention um, don't i do allow Independiente games To be screened in my house Thank you <laughs> Um
0: Plus, there's no television in your back garden. That's,
1: That's true. Right. Yeah, uh, but
0: Silvio Romero opened the scoring after about half an hour of that one with a really nice finish, and Federico Gonzalez finished off a really very nice team move indeed to equalise for Tigre with about 18 minutes to go. Um, the, uh, I mean, that was probably the goal of the weekend, I think. It, it's, it was quite Tough competition This week though There, yes. were, there were a Recovery yes. Um But yeah That was a, a Decent result And <coughs> I think it, it underlines How difficult Tigre have been To beat In recent weeks Since Cristian Ledesma, Ledesma took over Really His first game In charge Was a 2-1 Pablo? I was confused. Christian. Christian. His, his first game In charge Was a 2-1 Loss to Banfield on the In the 13th Round of fixtures Which I think Was the first Round of fixtures After the summer break um, and since then they're unbeaten they've drawn quite a lot of games because they're not scoring enough goals but they're very very hard to um, to beat he's, he's tightened them up admirably um, and yeah I mean Independiente we all know decent side and in a way a victim of their own success because they had no fewer than four players missing out on that game due to international call-ups Fabricio Bustos and Maxi Mesa who was played as part of the first eleven in Argentina training today? Interestingly, um, and uh, for Uruguay, the goalkeeper Martin Campana and um, Gaston Silva, the left back. I
1: realized that already gone. That's pretty yeah. poor scheduling. And again, he I know he was the yeah.
2: goalkeeper after, after being the third goalkeeper. Uh, the the one who was the the substitute, Rehak I think was still still injury, injured. Sorry. Uh, um. Perhaps. He was on the bench the other day. Ah, sorry.
0: But Albion That's was preferred nice. to him in the starting lineup yesterday. Um, but yeah, you say it's poor scheduling. In fact, what happened was the Independiente were in the Libertadores last Thursday. Yeah, but they could so have played Sunday, right? Uh, Seventy-two hours. Well, they could, but presumably they preferred to have the extra day rest, but know that they were without the half the squad. Yeah. Oh, yes. um, no, I guess they they fancied their chances to get the the result anyway, yeah, and, and you know they weren't that far off getting it, but. Um, as I say, Tigre tightening up and, and improving a fair bit recently. Um, so, hard luck Independiente. Well done, Tigre. And that leaves us, for the big five roundup at least, with the rather pleasant experience for a change of talking about a River Plate game. The
2: Supercopa are plate, right? Right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we discussed the Supercopa last week, but a, a, a River got their second league win in a row after that rather not really deserved uh, victory the previous week away to um, Patronato, and this one was much better. And it was their third win in all competitions in a row, of course, because of the win against Boca in midweek. Um, the starting lineup was unchanged apart from Camilo Machado coming in at right back um, for Gonzalo Montiel, who was injured, which really is a significant boost uh, in quality
2: <laughs> because Montiel's not very good. Um, Machado wasn't so brilliant too, but. Uh uh, and yeah. since he came to River, he, anyway, he wasn't able to play his uh, apparently nat- natural position, which is right midfielder. Mm. Uh, when he played in the midfield, he was put in the, in the left. So uh, now he has, he might have learned that how to play in, in the right back in the left uh, midfield because, well, it, it those were the positions in which he played since uh, any th- every time he. He had to work to, to jump into the matches or, or to be in the starting lineup.
0: Yeah, he's, he's a highly versatile player, in short, yes. sure, which has perhaps hamstrung him a little bit in terms of getting to play in his, his preferred role. Um, I thought that in the first half, River were sort of decent. They they scored very early on uh, when Gonzalo Martinez was able to pounce on a defensive error and smash the ball in about two minutes in. Um, and after that, they were. Okay, it's circulating the ball. I thought the intensity dropped off a little bit. I thought they, they started to sit back a bit. And the timing of Belgrano's equaliser, in a funny way, this, helped River, I think, if anything, because yes. it gave them that bit of a kick up the arse they needed, as did the introduction of Ignacio Scocco. Um,
1: strangely to sit on the bench once again, right?
0: Indeed, yes. Um, he was introduced for Rodrigo Mora. I don't think that there's really any doubt now, though, that... Um, Ihikoko is is the is seen as the substitute for Lucas Pratto around them for Mora, um, and increasingly by the fans in particular, uh, there is seen as being very little logic to that decision. When really it should be Pratto who's replacing Ihikoko. But I guess you don't spend. I've, I, I see the number banding around so often. I don't know whether it's eleven million or twelve million or thirteen million or fourteen million dollars. But you don't spend a club record fee on a on a centre forward and then immediately put him on the bench. They no, that's a hell of a doesn't. lot of money. In. Um, uh, and in clearly, Gashardo is absolutely desperate for Prato to actually start scoring.
2: The problem but is that, is, 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 is that uh, Moura and Skoko for I think Gashardo uh, believes that Mora and Gashardo or Scoco can play, but not, uh, uh, not Prato, Prato or or and Gashardo because, yeah. uh, 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 because they play for yeah. him. In similar positions Yeah, they're both second strikers Yes Really
0: um, And in fact this is I think you mentioned On last week's um, Podcast as well Andres That, that Scocco himself Has recently said You know I'm not really a goal scorer Yes <laughs> uh, I've just been scoring A lot of goals <laughs> recently But I'm normally More of a second striker Same um, can be
2: said For uh, Prato
1: really He's never been A prolific Prolific goal scorer in his But now He's um, also no, heavy and cool. He didn't win at San Paolo No No, no from I'm, I'm not saying, saying He's around. done well In a lot of places But it's not just because he's a 30-goal-a-season striker, no, gives obviously. you a lot around the pitch, which he's not quite doing with River right now. He holds mm. the ball up well, he links up intelligently. Yeah, the, the other day was way. was uh, bet, uh, better. better that at the moment, not assisting, the
2: goals. assisting and making that dirty play uh, than than being the scorer or the or the striker that we thought he would be. Um in fact, Donati scored three times. The goal sco- uh, Prato scored mm. <laughs> three against one.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he scored one, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yes, yes, against the
2: uh, Cruz, Thank he you. scored uh, his only goal so far. But uh, Well, he worked well as an assistant, as I said, as I said uh, making the similar pass Hector Enrique did to Maradona in 86 against England. <laughs> he assisted Nacho Scoco, who ran almost uh, since the, the the midfield, and he, he expected the, the, the return of that pass, I think. Well, yeah. I think Just Koko finally uh, decided to score himself
0: team. instead. Yes. Um, it was a very, very similar goal to Maradona's goal in 86 in, in most ways, mm-hmm. apart from the fact that Skoko didn't really have to run around anybody. Um, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but it was just, I mean, it, it, it was an improvement all over the pitch, really, for River. I thought, yes. I don't want to go on about them too much, but um, we talked last week about the Super Copa, about how this could be the injection of confidence they need and the base to build on. And based on the evidence of one match, which mm-hmm. of course is not evidence, it's just anecdotal, um, but based on what we did see the other day, it would suggest that that's what the team have decided needs to happen as we well.
2: It would have been so good to play the match against Boca two months ago. Mm. So that would mean for River, uh, the confidence... Which which of course it should have been. It should have
0: yes. been played at the end of the summer break rather yes. than <laughs> midway through after the season had started again. But yeah, it, it might have uh, made a big difference to Rivers. Um, Recent form. I'm trying to work out how many because I, I suspect they haven't had anybody called up for Argentina for this international They've break. To have like a few um, Uruguayans at least. Well, Quintero, the the man I who get into River's starting Colombia. lineup, is away with Colombia. He's playing against. Wait, well, I don't know whether he's playing, but he's going to be in the camp to play France on. I think it's Saturday. It's the same day Argentina played. That's Saturday, isn't it? Friday. 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 Um, other than that, I'm not sure they have had any call-ups. Said that
1: didn't get into Uruguay team.
0: Oh, he might have done. Yeah, that's a good point. Forgot about him. But otherwise, they basically they've got a couple of weeks to work all together now without any any key players really being called up. So, in the same way that Independiente last night were a victim of their own success, maybe River are going to benefit from being a bit shit for so long. Um, who knows? Uh, as, as said,
1: that was his. That was his. Um his words after the sub-final. Yes. We yeah. played that badly, just a lull Boca into a full sense of security. That was the secret. So it worked, yeah. Um, Showing them they're now 40 points behind when indeed. they did it. You know,
0: you yeah. It's going to be a late charge for a Sudamericano place, <laughs> I suspect, now. Yeah. Um, elsewhere, Rosario Central beat Chacarita, as I have mentioned already. Um, that one was sealed by two quite late goals, though, from Agustin Maciero, mm-hmm. who I'd never heard of before. Um, basically, Central keep on sending really small children out to play for them for their debut, and they keep on scoring goals because we had Leoi's hat trick really? the other day. Uh, we've had uh, the uh, other kid who yeah, Lopes, I don't think he's scoring that. Yeah, Pisano scored points,
2: two not. twice the other day. Yeah. I, I remember one uh, kid. I don't, but I don't remember his name. Uh, could be surname. Could be Pisano. the yeah. one who scored a brilliant goal, uh, making a, a fast dribble uh, and then. Uh, just yeah, that was kicking it to the net to the top corner
0: I that, think. that was Lopez Pizarro, oh. and then you've got Maxi Lobera as well who hasn't scored nice. I don't think or if he has he's only scored one or two uh, but has been setting up and pulling strings and stuff and wasn't even in the match squad for the Chacarita mm-hmm. game um, so Central are a really interesting team to watch at the moment under Leonardo Fernandez. ok it was only Chacarita ok they took until the last 10 but minutes to win the game
2: we could we could compare the, uh, the the kids of Rosario Central To the kids of Vélez Vélez couldn't defeat Arsenal And they have also a lot of kids Precisely, yeah um,
0: And yeah, we, we've talked about the Arsenal In this game Already I was about to say something about it And then I remember we'd already said it um, And otherwise The other main results, I guess Argentinos Juniors win the Newell's Old Boys um, With a Nicolás González Headed goal As the statisticians will record it uh, was pretty much business as usual I mean Newell's aren't that good um,
2: but the Argentinos has also interesting uh, values where well, we have mentioned the McAllister yeah. kids the McAllister triplets uh, when yeah. they play played very well against Boca <coughs> and they have Bataccini they have uh, that Gonzalez. Uh, yeah they have three or four players that they are uh, mm. perhaps in the Primera uh, since two, two. it's not their first matches but uh, now they have like the Experience being kids. Precisely, yeah. They're um, they're, the, they're the players that the team is
0: being built around now. Are they actually triplets, done? No, no. I, I was just checking. I, I didn't think they were, but I thought <laughs> since, since we're going to have listeners who, who really don't have a clue whether they are or not, uh, I thought it was best to just confirm. Um, and indeed, to have learned something if the answer was yes. Um, if there's
1: ever been triplets that have all played together in a. In a football team and a pro- professional football team.
0: Listeners, if you're aware of triplets who played together in a professional football team, please get in touch from anywhere in the world, not just from yes. Argentina, because I suspect if we limit the search to Argentina, it's going to be, it's gonna p- be tricky. quite unlikely. Yes. Um, I suspect it's going to be quite unlikely anyway, really, but we'll see. Mm. Um, so, as I said already, this leaves the positions, I'll run them down again for you. Jr. is first on 47 points, Tashere is second on 41 points, Godoy Cruz third on 37 points. San Lorenzo are fourth on 36 points and with a goal difference of 12. Independiente, fifth on 36 points and with a goal difference of 11. Racing a sixth on 35 points in the Copa Sudamericana spots. Seventh is Union with 34. Huracán in eighth with 33. Colón are in ninth with 31 and a goal difference of five. Estudiantes are tenth with 31 points and a goal difference of four. And Argentinos Juniors, look at that. 11th on 30 points and a goal difference of three just ahead of Belgrano who are on 30 points and have a goal difference of zero. Um, in the relegation table which is increasingly looking like it could be decided quite soon at least for some of these teams I'm, I'm just actually trying to work out whether it indeed it is because and juniors are now bottom thanks to Arsenal's point the other day. Oh no, no they've been bottom. Yeah, they'd be, be bottom anyway um, with would With 0.7 points per match, 14 points from 20 games. Arsenal de Sarandia, second bottom, and closing in on the first relegation <coughs> from the top flight that they've ever had. Yes, um, come With on. 93 points from 96 games, which is 20 fewer than Beres Sarsfield, who are not in the relegation zone. And there are how many games left to go now? 10? Less I think. No fewer, yeah, yeah. yeah. Next, uh, round next round is twenty. The 21st, no, so round is twenty is the twenty yes. first. Twenty first, twenty seconds, twenty seven. So seven rounds left. Which means twenty one points to play for. Ooh. They're done. Yeah. So if Arsenal don't win the next game, then they won't be able to overtake any of Veles or Tigre. They might be able to get past Patronato still. But
1: essentially,
0: mathematically, they are all but relegated uh, with seven rounds to go. Um, Tempele are in 26th spot of the relegation table and Olimpo are in 25th. And just to put this into perspective, those two teams have played the same number of games in the relegation table as Arsenal and Vélez and Tigre. Um, So Olimpo are on uh, 99 points. So they're 14 behind Vélez. So in in another few weeks they could already the the relegation really could be decided for everybody. Um, it, it has been that poor at the bottom of the Superliga table. Don't forget these four teams will be relegated and only two are coming up at the end of this season. So next season we'll have a 26 team yeah. top flight and it's it probably, only a be yeah. and, and probably a streamlined 26 and probably a transitional championship as well, which I think is is. Probably a help because when they if they have twenty four teams, then they might just about get away with home and away for everybody in one season afterwards.
1: I don't think they decided if there's going to be relegation at the end of the transition still That's going to be. the oh, they should do it's the other. let we'll be- say that. Um, but thank you for pointing out that that hasn't
0: been confirmed. Actually, yeah, you're right because I I keep just assuming it's going to happen, and it's not worth assuming anything in Argentina. It does Definitely, not pay yeah. to do so. Um, we're going to take a break now and when we come back we're going to talk about the Argentine national team Mm -hmm. and about perhaps a rather less happy headline for Racing fans than that 5-0 win was the other day National friendlies coming up on Friday. Argentina play Italy in Manchester. Um, and next week, at some point, it's the 27th, isn't it? So yes. that's going to be Tuesday. Oh, a week today. Um, yes. They will be playing Spain in <coughs> Madrid. How do we think they're going to do?
1: Against Italy, they sh- should get a positive result because Italy are awful at the moment and really don't have much of a team. Um, Spain's going to be a more interesting match I think it could be could be f- fairly hard fought. I haven't seen the Spain team but I'm assuming most of the big names are going to be there uh, but more than the results uh, what Argentina are going to be looking for in these two games is finding the team and kind of ironing out the last couple of doubts Sam pauli has with regards to his squad to go to Russia uh, I'd say that If you look at the squad now Sam Bowley probably has I'd say 18 of his 23 already
0: On the plane He, he claims to know What 80% of the squad's going to be So that would and be Occasionally yeah, Occasionally he claims That he actually knows 100% of the squad But tells the media 80% Because he wants to leave Some room in case Somebody gets injured in the yeah. And so on um, So whether he actually knows How much of the squad He's made up his mind on We don't know but yeah, I would think eight or 18 or 19 names are probably yeah. made up. So who are those going to be? Uh, and, and by extension, or perhaps actually more interestingly than just listing a bunch of 18 or 19 names that all of our listeners will already know, who are the players in the current friendly squad who might have an opportunity to play their way into the World Cup squad and who aren't already there? I'm thinking, given that he's there, I'm assuming Ramiro Funes mori
1: um, Yeah, I mean, has been a lot of time with injury, but he's got to be in there.
0: Precisely, and, and there's obviously a reason that Sampaoli's called him off at this stage. Lautaro Martinez. And Cristian Pavan.
1: Yeah. Um, any others? Uh, Bustos is an interesting alternative. Mm-hmm. Uh, right back, a place where Argentina really don't have uh, many options behind Maracal, who's one of these guys you can say is on the plane right now. And Bustos, I think he's got a very good chance of of making a claim for that place.
0: I mean, we made the point before that Sampolis called him up several times uh, during the World Cup qualifiers as well, mm-hmm. and just kept getting frustrated because Bustos kept getting minor injuries that just kept him out for international duty, mm-hmm. almost Ryan Giggs like in the <laughs>
1: efficacy. And well, on the other flank, you'd say the fullbacks are likely to be Marcos Acuña who's another guy who, barring you know any catastrophe, will be on the plane, mm. and Taliafico in. The backup, you'd imagine, yeah. and he's likely to play on Friday at least. Here I
2: have the apparently the, the training session today, in which he, uh, well, there was a draw uh, of the uh, that could be a team uh, on Friday. We can, we could say also that Italy has, uh, as they are, are not going to play the World Cup. Uh, they the call up from Di Biace was with a lot of players that are young or, or in a perhaps. A, culture that aren't uh, had been called up before. Yeah, he's, he's looking
0: towards Euro 2020 and, yes. and the Nations League, whatever the fuck that is, mm. and all the rest of it.
2: But uh, regarding Argentina today, there was a four-three-one-two with, well, Lionel Messi, of course, as, a, as enganche. Then uh, the three, a three-line, uh, a three-man midfield with Mesa, Paredes, and Mm-hmm. Interesting. And Interesting. then, then, Lanzini had a place there in the team. Uh, and in the left it was uh, Di Maria uh, with, well, Pipe and then the complete uh, formation was with Romero, Mercado or Bustos would be the, the option Fazio, Tamendi, not uh, Funes Mori, but it could change, Tagliafico then Biglia, Mesa or Paredes, Dancini, Messi, Di Maria and Aha, uh-huh. interesting, interesting that interesting. is for, for Italy uh, Playing for Italy, but I think that, that against Spain it would be a more specific team, just looking for the World Cup because Spain will be there in the in Russia. So yeah. you can imagine from
1: that team possibly that in the second half it might mutate into a 4-2-3-1, and you're talking about Pabon coming in to the right and possibly Higuain coming off uh, Lautaro Martinez. I'd say those yes. are the changes that Sampoli would look to make in. Yes, if talking about the a
2: four-man a four defence because. Uh, he, he said that he would try this and, uh, even when it's not his uh, favorite system, mm-hmm. as he likes more to, to play more with three men uh, in the back. But provided that it wasn't very good in the Nigeria, uh, the friendly against Nigeria, in, in which they conceded four goals, uh, perhaps he thought on, well, at, at least thinking it as an alternative to have four men in, in the back. Hmm.
0: What are the main things that Sampaoli is going to want to be looking for? In this um, Double header Of friendlies Because the results All of a sudden Aren't that important Which is a bit of a luxury Obviously it's a luxury You had in, in the last Two games as well Against Russia and Nigeria Which Andres has just Touched on um, But As a result you're, you're then sort of Looking at Right well Who's going to be Playing the way into the team And how does he decide on
1: that The key for Argentina Is What it has been Basically for the last Ten years how to make Messi play as well as he can. That's always the first priority for any Argentina coach and aside from a couple of instances it's been something that has often failed. And yeah this is what somebody is looking to do. Obviously he's not he's not gonna put Messi right up front as this information says he's going to be playing more as there's the enganche playing just off uh, Gonzalo de Guayina and teaming up with with Ángel Di María as kind of this this uh, creative tandem and then yeah then in the second half I'm I'm sure we'll see we'll see more options going through
2: yes see how Paredes perhaps Paredes has already been called by by, by somebody but couldn't perhaps eh uh, do something real. Uh, I I thought he would have more opportunities, or to do better things. As I like the way he plays. No, I'm and he to could be. Was there
1: in Russia that wasn't mentioned in the team? Yes. banega I'm guessing is in the squad, but they're going to give Perez, the guys. kind of well. This is what I was going play to ask. As well, in related in, to this, sense was the other one who played against Nigeria and Russia and wasn't particularly impressive. But yeah, he might have a chance.
0: Uh, so, so related to this, are there any players? Yeah who are not in this squad for the, the these current friendlies and who stand a decent chance of, of getting to the World Cup obviously well, Aguero might be dropping out but it's a bit unclear but Javier, Javier Bicarby, Correa obviously. Javier Correa has been called Ajep. up Angel Correa sorry has, yeah, Javier Correa plays for God's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right? Well. no, Colón <laughs> yeah, Colón probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's yeah, another Correa so, so Angel Correa has been called up and it's a bit unclear about whether it's, it's intended as a replacement for Aguero because Aguero's fitness is a bit Iffy apparently
1: at the moment. I think so they just haven't Aguero bothered uh, to be. I think they haven't bothered to take Aguero out of the squad, no, essentially he's because, because anyway. he's in Manchester anyway, yeah. yeah, and he'll be linking up with the squad. But I don't. I can't see him playing because his no. injuries should have kept him out for two or three weeks.
0: But him aside, if we say that whereas effectively out of the squad for these tournaments, but um, the sorry for, for these friendlies. Um, aside from him, who is not in the squad for these friendlies, but actually has a chance of getting to the World Cup.
1: Ah, uh, the two Italian kids. Uh, Dybala and Icardi, definitely. Right. But there's you reckon, nothing. really, Icardi? There was a lot of hysteria about them being left out, but they the running still. There have also, the also
0: been a fair few reports that Icardi is not going because he's failed to do it when he's been called on. I mean, yeah, D- Dybala, right on most, I realise yeah. that's been said about Dybala as well, but I've been really surprised if Dibala doesn't go because but he's a replacement for if Messi. If you think
2: about that, Lautaro Martinez hasn't even had a chance hmm. and now he will have that but yeah. he will—he should score three goals against Spain uh, and then you will say oh he has scored three goals and Icardi even when he played for a qualifiers, and now after Martínez has the possibility to fail because they are friendless even when they are so close to the World Cup and now he scored two goals against Spain and you will say oh well he's good and Icardi isn't because he hasn't scored Many goals. Well, he hasn't got any goals against. Uh, well, and, and
0: hence the the question. I mean, if yes. if Icardi isn't being given the chance to compete with Martinez, for example, um, in in the uh, training sessions that they're having now, if he's not been invited to spend some time getting to know the players and, and having some more time training alongside Messi and alongside Higuain and so on,
1: is Pauli still thinking of him for the squad? He's yes. he's an alternative, definitely. I'm, I mean. How many strikers do we think, you know, number nines can Argentina bring? you got Higuain and Agüero who are yeah. going to be there. You'd say it's a maximum of three, right? Because yeah. you've got Messi in another position who's almost like another forward. So, yeah, I'd say you're looking at in a situation where it's between possibly Cardi or, or Lautaro uh, to take that third centre forward role in the squad.
2: Mhm. Yes, Unless I'm... of
1: course uh Sampaldi decides I need to take two and goes for someone like Pavon or or Correa who are kinda of more like utility men let's say they can play on either flank and they can fill you know emergencies well, in, like, in a World yeah. Cup. I think Pavon's likely to be in the squad anyway, um,
0: as a midfielder rather than mm-hmm. as a forward. But yeah.
1: It's an interesting it's an interesting uh, perspective for, uh, for Argentina they've got the luxury of having a hell of a lot of good players who are fighting to be in the team and uh, also in decent form and I'm but sure Sampard is loving that he's loving the fact that anyway, when he kind of goes out and scores four goals for Inter and, and gets everyone talking to them again it's a very nice dilemma to have hmm. one that England would like
2: no, when Pabon played for uh, the this against uh, it was Nigeria uh, Russian Nigeria, Russian Nigeria, uh, and then was impressed by somebody was impressed by Pavon. Uh, he made him play more, more like uh, Salvio uh, if he were in the world in the World Cup mm-hmm. in the in the squad, uh, which is to ha- have defensive also uh, uh, mm-hmm. actions in in the marking and then going to the all, all uh, running all the band the right side. I mean, um, and it's something that. He doesn't do at Boca, or some sometimes he does it, but not uh, as a normal duty uh, to have to, to to go to the defense and try to mark and and when he played against Nigeria, as as he has not played with uh, didn't play with four men uh, four uh, men defense, uh, he had to do that. But he that's something that he doesn't do at Boca. As they play with the normal uh, right uh, four four men back with the. Um, I mean, with Hara, Golds, Magashen, and, and uh, uh, well, Mas or, or Fabra. Uh, so we will have to see whether he makes him play uh, running all the side or, or as a striker or as a midfielder, like you said.
0: Yeah, indeed. Similarly, Saulio has been called up as a defender mm. um, yes. for this particular doubleheader, which seems bizarre. As far as I'm aware, he's Never played there. I mean, I mentioned no, that a, a, a wing
1: back in a free man defense. I you would think, I imagine, Because
0: yeah. I mean, I, I I brought this up on Twitter when it happened, and whenever I mention anything like this at the moment regarding Argentina's national team, somebody goes, "Oh, but uh, Acuna, he, he keeps playing him at left back, and it's like, yeah, but Acuna has played left back. He yeah, started
1: his career as a left back. Precisely, knows the role very well. Um,
0: as it well even if it's not his, you know, his main position now at club level, he he's he's experienced there. Whereas Salvio, as far as I'm aware, has tended started to be off, an attacking a forward almost, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so it's it's a bit of a weird one that, but hey. Okay, what are yeah. you gonna do? Yes. Um but yeah, so in short, it, it, it's not gonna be easy, I don't think, for any certainly for any non number nine or for any non attacking player, because perhaps we should include Dybala in this. Um, to force their way into the World Cup squad now. And what about Tevez? not involved in this. Player of the people. (laughs) I don't think it's going to be easy for Carlos Tevez either, personally, (laughs) although there will be a media... playing so well right now. I've no doubt there will be a massive media outcry when he's not involved when Sampaoli announces the squad. Um,
2: It's incredible how life changes because one month ago there was a campaign in the media asking whether it was Lautaro or Tevez to go to the World Cup and now Tevez has... Has, well, not played very well against Boca. He has been criticised. He hasn't played well against Atletico Tucumán. And also he has some problems in terms of politics, not sports, mm. regarding with some, well, black money or well, uh, offshore uh, issue. Oh, yeah.
0: He's been giving yes. money, or uh, reportedly, if, uh, if his lawyers are listening, uh, has been giving money along with somebody else. I can't remember yes. who the other player is. Uh, and they've
1: been donating money to so yes. who was it Rema- uh, Rema- Ramon Lázaro thank you yeah. uh, public works contractor who is in jail I believe
2: hmm.
0: yeah for, was he the one who took suitcases of money to a nunnery or something and no that was that was the other bloke that was that uh, was Cristóbal yes. López yes ah, José López José López Cristóbal López
1: it was my old boss yeah
0: you can tell I don't pay that much attention to all this stuff but yeah. it's very confusing it is um Talking of off-pitch controversies, sorry, Dan, but we had to get there eventually. Oh, if you wanted it. Um, one player who isn't going to be in Argentina's World Cup squad, but who six months ago might have stood a chance of breaking in there, you know? No nah, um, six months
1: ago he wasn't even playing.
0: It's Ricardo. Sorry, a year ago. Uh, a i was year. thinking of his when he was at Boca. And everybody I thought
1: he had a court. fairly um, an outside chance of making this friendly squad, but San so looked it the other way. And, and, and given what's that. happened, happened.
0: Right. Um, he was caught on Monday morning at 8 o'clock uh, driving his car through a red light. We're, we're talking about Ricardo Centurion of Racing. Um, driving his car through a red light in Lanús when there were a bunch of kids going to school just across the road. Uh, he was pulled over by the police, who then said that the car, the inside of the car, absolutely reeked of alcohol. He refused a breathalyzer test. And then when the police said, we're going to have to take your car away and we're going to have to arrest you, he tried to bribe them. Um, So it's not a great week for Ricky Santoriano, it's fair to say. We said when he came back to Racing, before, when we were previewing the return of the season, if you like, Andres and I, um, that his signing for Racing could have gone one of two ways, in that he could be brilliant he could be enormously self-destructive what I wasn't expecting was for both of those things to happen at the same
1: time really I had an England that could happen it's pretty much the story of his career how have Racing reacted to this Dom Uh, with title support for the player Hmm. Um, the president said it's just one of those things (laughs) could happen to anyone I mean who hasn't been driving Land was drunk at 8 o'clock in the morning, jumped a red light, and then dropped by the police.
0: Yeah, Wh- who of us can honestly hold our hands up and say?
1: Well, I don't think anyone, you know. He who, was, who has not sinned,
0: who let them cast the first stone. Again, just in case any lawyers are listening to this, I'd like to stress we can all hold our hands up and
1: say this, but carry on now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we know that Centurion is, is a live wire on the pitch and a loose cannon off it. And sometimes I lose carrying on the pitch as well. Hmm. Um, it's something, I you know, it's a shame that this came out just after he had a, an extremely decent game against Padronado with two assists. Um, and he's really been fantastic for Racing since he came back. And he, this is the first one of, time.
0: One of the best attacking players in the league this year. Yeah, if not
1: the best. I think in nine games he's picked up three goals and five assists, hmm. which says a lot. It's very good numbers. Uh, with this one I mean I'm totally in agreement he if they want to take his licence they should be I also hold that it's extremely unprofessional from the policeman to film someone in the act and then go and go and sell it to to a media
0: company that was what I thought was a bit weird because I saw people on Twitter sort of going oh they shouldn't be filming this And and I was like Actually, they should be filming this because the police should be filmed when they're doing this sort of thing. But it should be with like a bodysuit camera to mm-hmm. establish it's that the police are doing might not they they it, You, you should it with your mobile yeah. phone they're not loading it to Facebook or whatever. I mean, that is ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, plus, an interesting snippet from this. It might have changed in the last 24 hours because I haven't really seen the news. Oh, of course. Uh, I apologise for that Sam's noise. cat is raising hell
0: This is where we uh, introduce another animal to the hand pod stable I'm currently looking after a cat It's not my cat, no. Uh she, sorry, may or, she may or may not be here for an extended period of time um, <laughs> But that was her dragging something
1: along the floor in the bathroom Carry on then. Yeah, uh, unless the situation's changed in the last 12 hours or so Because I haven't seen much of the news today The policemen responsible for spreading this news And selling the video to the press hasn't uh, filed an official complaint against Sintourian. He sent it to the media and has not charged him or or accused him of any crime. Wow. So so
0: he presumably turned off his phone's camera and then accepted the bribe, I'm guessing.
1: No, I mean, if anyone knows Argentine traffic cops, and I apologise once again to Hannah lawyers who are going to have a busy week, they're not usually that reluctant to take bribes. (laughs) Who, who was so I, I think the fact that he we saw a famous apologize. guy and thought he could s- make more money selling the video to, to a big media company than, yeah. than with the bribe, that probably tipped the balance for
0: him. Um, we, we'd also like to apologise if any of our listeners are Argentine traffic policemen, which um, I find unlikely, but just in case, we're, we're not implicating you in this person. No, of course, of course. I mean, we are,
2: but... Who was this famous player that used to say that he spent all of his money or, or, or most of his money... In women and alcohol and George Best, George best? George yes. best, yeah. Well, and he, he, he wasted the rest. He said that he spent it well, not wasted. Hmm. So well, yeah. And, you, and he was George Best. So Ricky Centurion perhaps has read about him and and how he's trying to imitate him. Possibly not the best example. Yes, no. of course. No. Well,
0: On in, a, in a way, ahead, in a way, it's very literally the best example of what can go wrong. But um, well, no, it's the best example, isn't it? Because it's George Best. Aha.
2: Then Holzmann played
1: you. <laughs> a, an entire match being drunk. Hmm. Yeah, there's a fun tradition of, of drunk wingers. You've got Best. you've got yes. René Hozman that uh, Andre was referring to, uh, Garrincha, of course, yes. very famous drunk winger, uh, Oreste Corbata, the Racing legend, who also yes. played drunk and had to be woken up in the dressing room before, the game, before games with a bucket of water being chucked on his head. Let's, so let's it's make a fun this, tradition. Unless we make this too light-hearted, we should
0: also mention that Houseman is, is currently um, accepting donations for blood from Orocan's fans this is in hospital in intensive care. Uh, oh, this is serious. And, and obviously yeah. we're not trying to glorify yeah. the joys of alcoholism. I don't think uh, anyone would
1: say Centurion's problem with when? alcohol is anything
2: is serious as Ortega. Well, perhaps or not,
0: but he was driving drunk at 8 o'clock in
1: the morning. <laughs> ah, he was coming <laughs> home from a party, Sure, well,
2: Ortega had problems, of course also, mm. with alcohol,
1: mm.
0: so yes, yes, I don't know, not easy one. yes, Shall we answer some listeners' questions? What? We have had several this week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to haul my computer up, in fact, to the uh, table, to read oh, them uh, nice yeah. right Here we go. Um, let's scroll down and find them. Oh, now my cat's decided to start jumping around. Not my cat. The guest cat. <laughs> Stop it! Here we go. Uh, River in English says, I would like to hear your thoughts on the Skokko debate, whether he should be on the bench or not. I
2: think we covered no. that, right? Well, if, he, if he comes from the bench and scores twice, every every time, well, then keep, keep him on the bench. <laughs> So there's an argument there I guess uh, He
0: also says Secondly I'm beginning to see Why Quintero is on the bench He won't offer the same Defensive shift That Martínez, Pérez Or Fernández can put in um, I think In a way Yes And that's apparently The stated reason That he's on the bench But I also think He's the best Attacking player Or certainly The best attacking midfielder That River have And surely There's what room for someone In the team Who's going to be Pulling the strings More in midfield I mean Nobody, when Juan Román Riquelme was at his peak, was suggesting that he should not be starting matches for Boca. Um, <laughs> yes. So I, I think it's a shame. And when a player You could like say that, that
2: Quintero be- is, is specific with he has a great pass or a pass between lines, like we could mm-hmm. say, um, and that's his perhaps main ability. His main skills are perhaps he's not a runner. He's not uh, uh, has not defensive, of course, uh, skills. But he has that uh, special, perhaps, or specific
1: ability. It might be a case of it's just something that responds to to the kind of form and, and the situation in River at the moment, I think, that if River at the moment were a team that were confident going forward and confident at the back knowing that they could rely on their defence and midfielders, they could afford a player like Quintero, but since they've had so many problems putting a team together, like having just a pure playmaker a uh, luxury they haven't really been able to afford in recent weeks so, so you say
0: that they need to sort of, reach a point where they are dominating matches again before they can afford to start bringing Quintero yeah essentially, essentially. Yeah. I think that, a player, okay, yeah. I there's a certain amount of sense there I think it uh, happens every now and then Tom Robinson says which Superliga footballer would make the best drag queen
1: I'd say Centurion. he's got kind of this drag queen face yeah you reckon yeah
0: I'm struggling to think of any who I think would be confident enough in their manliness to um, to go for him.
1: It doesn't say that it's vo- a voluntary drag queeny. Eh? I'm guessing we can just force him into it. That's very true. Yeah, Damon, um, maybe. <laughs> He's pretty. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, Oscar Pert Mulder, I hope I've pronounced the vowels in your um, name correctly, uh, says, if I could add, has Prato been performing like a 12 million man, or can we consider him a flop for now at least?
1: For think, now at least, I yeah. think it's
0: a little bit early. I mean, if you're saying for now at least, with the emphasis on that, then yeah, we can. Yeah. But I think it's a bit early. Yeah, yeah we're eight rhythm.
1: games into his, into his uh, room. He still simple. doesn't look...
2: Uh, uh, Light. He looks still looks heavy, slow. So uh, he, I think he will take advantage of this, two three weeks to <coughs> to get a better form because.
0: Well, he's apparently on a special training regime mm-hmm. this week, right?
2: This week. <laughs> this week, uh, he has had, uh, should have already uh, started that regime. Yeah, because he probably should have done that. Yeah, pre-season, but yeah.
0: well, or several years ago. Depending <laughs> on the <US. laughs> so, and so. There we go. Um, Ahmed Almodaris has uh, answered my call for prediction battle and uh, as I mentioned at the start of the show I completely forgot that there are no matches this weekend so I'm assuming that the fixtures he sent me are the 21st round of fixtures and therefore Mm. he'll be on next week's prediction battle Emmanuel says I doubted that guy uh, he's talking about Prato so much even when people were blowing smoke his way since he had a call up in the Argentine squad in my opinion he was always a flop um, and for sure one after his poor performance so far. Bit, Bit harsh. harsh, yeah. yes. harsh. Um, River in English mm. chips in a, again yeah. on Prato it's still <laughs> too soon to declare it a failure firstly he isn't a peak fitness or confidence oh and there you go that's how I knew Gachado had him on a special training <laughs> regime this week cause he says Gachado's put him on a special training regime this week. Secondly he's playing in a team that has had some real problems generating attacks until last week. Time will tell stop biting the cable. Thank you that was done, I was talking to um, Oscar Pertmuller yeah. again says hiding my bocker bias I guess I could agree with that so you still overpaid though we'll see how he performs next season after a proper preseason with the squad and then River in English says he's going to have to do something very extraordinary for us to consider we didn't overpay I never thought it was a smart use of 13 million dollars uh, Liam Kelly who's no relation to me asks Tacheres for the title <laughs> first game back after the break is a bocker. lose that and it's over Shame that El Tanque Silva will be suspended. Of course he will, because he got a red card against his old club, Boca. One
1: that of his old That is own. a
0: shame. One of his very many old clubs, yeah. Also, it looks like the current bottom four don't want to stay up, but it's quite tight for the promotion playoff spots in Nacional B. Thank you for that contribution, Liam. Does for the title then? What do you think?
1: I mean, it's a lot. It's a real long shot. If
0: they beat Boca in the Bombonera, it becomes a much less long shot. Well, if they are, capable of that, But, yeah. Well, ask us again in two weeks basically Liam it all um, depends on
1: that game as Liam rightly says lose it and and the title was a foregone conclusion when then it could get interesting for the Win, yes two winning two it
2: at La-, at La Monera will mean two, two things one that they were capable of winning Boca at La Monera in this moment yeah. uh, two that Barro
1: is going to be looking in yes. the one that that's pretty soon. Mm. <laughs> indeed
0: um, Liam also says on Skoko he's made an impact in the recent games I think he should be starting ahead of Prato, who's been a disappointment so far, but I hope he comes good. Can they work as a partnership?
1: Yeah. Scocco and Prato or Scocco and Mora? As we
0: say, by and large, it's it's Scocco or Mora with Prato, rather than say Scocco and Prato. Yes, and Gallardo's
2: opinion, uh, Gallardo thinks, or well, he's uh, looking uh, and watching them play in the training sessions all all of the time, so if he thinks Mora is uh, now better than Prato, and then Skoko, that that is the mean. That's that's why Skoko is not playing from the f- first minute. And Prato has no. Well, Borre could be the one who plays in his in his place. But now Borre, I think he's not even even Prato at this at this uh, level or at this form. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Gashard is better than than Borre. Yeah, I mean oh, there anyone's well.
0: better than Borre. Borre surely, in the race. Indeed. And Paul Richardson says if the Libertadores is expected to finish in December, I just interject briefly say so it's not expected to finish in December. It's going to finish in fact in November. But it, it, it's you know, it's scheduled. Um, will Boca, will the Boca side look a lot different with expected summer bids for the likes of Fabra, Barrios, and Pavón? I'd yes, it will. In, in the same way as, at the end of last year's group stage, we said that River were probably favourites for the Libertadores, but it would depend on whether they could hang on to Alario and Riusi. And they didn't hang on to either of them.
1: I'd say, though, that Boca have the financial muscle to keep those kind of players for at least six months more to the end of the year. Mm. Because if you've got a transition, a six-month tournament, and the deciding stages of the Libertadores, I'd imagine those players... Players will stay, but Either some of,
0: some of that depends on which clubs are coming in for those players. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. Paris Saint Germain decide they want Fabra or Pavon, but Pavon Pavon has um, been
2: linked to Arsenal, and finally it was apparently smoke, hmm. as they said that they will pay the clo- release clause with yeah, that's, fifty million. That's Arsenal in London, not yes, Arsenal. Yes, Hi, <laughs> Murray, yes, and uh, well, they may lose. They may lose if it's real. They may lose Fabra. Barrios and Pavon perhaps, but they will have Benedetto back. Uh, have, uh, back. Mm. Yes. yes. I can see them
1: possibly losing one of the three, but not all three. No. Playing how Boca will run, it's not going to happen. But it again, the again, need to win the Elevatoris.
0: At the end of last year's group stage, we said River would, would probably let one yeah, of go and up having to let both of them go. But River's is a different
1: economy, it's different. Oh, a different scale. Plenty of, of cash when it happened, though. as well Anyway, so, sorry. I mean, if I mean Pavel, the, the rich, the Boca, but as I always say, rich, long rich
0: in lines. Argentina just yeah. means that you're not in absolute mountains of debt. It doesn't mean you've actually got any. Money oh no, totally.
1: But so Boca like, are financially powerful. They're the only team in. in yeah. You reckon? Yeah, yeah.
2: Hmm. Anyway, if Pamon leaves, there was a player that the past weeks said that he will be glad to be back at Boca as he didn't live in a great image like Deo Perotti, that mm. had already had been called up for Argentina, but he finally was injured. Uh, uh, ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, well, uh, he will be a good replacement for Pavon, if Pavon
0: leaves. Indeed. Um, I guess that the only thing, then, that uh, remains to ask on this relatively short episode, because, of course, there's no mystical predictions coming, but as we tend to, before international double-headers, I'd like some scorelines, not just the results. Predicted scorelines from Argentina's two upcoming friendlies against Italy and against Spain. Let's let's let Dan go first so that Andres can think
1: a little bit. Right. Argentina versus Italy is going to finish 3-1 in favour of the home side, Argentina, because obviously half their players play in 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 Manchester. Manchester, The second game against Spain in Wembley, is it? No, it's in Madrid.
0: It's in the Wanda Metropolitana. Oh, I thought they were playing in Wembley. Well, Wanda, yeah. there we go.
2: Um, that will finish two, two, two. Okay. Andres, well, I say two nil against Italy. Of course, winning Argentina, winning, and then one one. With the proviso that I haven't
0: actually seen Italy, um, but have heard they rather crap. bad <laughs> um, things. I'm going to go three 0 against Italy in Argentina's favour. And I'm since both of you have back draws, I'm going to back Argentina to win against Spain. I'll go for 2-1, with both goals coming from Mr. Messi, because he's bound to be playing some Real Madrid players um, in on the opposing team. <laughs> Hopefully, everybody enjoys the international break that is to come. We will be recording again, I imagine, next Wednesday, given that Argentina are playing on Tuesday night. I'm going to stop and switch off the microphone now and try to rescue the bag that my uh, the, the, the guest cat is currently <laughs> trying to take to pieces. Um, incidentally, if you want a good book to read, The Guest Cat, by a Japanese author whose name I can't remember, is really good, very short. Hmm. Nice Murakami? No. Pardon? Murakami? No. No, 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 no. It's um, a, a relatively new one. It was only translated into English a couple of years ago. Um, oh, but yeah. it, it's a novel that I very much
1: enjoyed a couple of years ago. Um, I think we should end every podcast with uh, with a literary tip. I like that. Kind of gives oh, us a bit of gravitas,
0: listeners. If you want me to end every podcast with a book recommendation, I will be more than happy to. In fact, I'll be happy to start up my own podcast on a book recommendation mm. each week. Um, but uh, well, I'm not going to do that unless you suggest it. And unless lots of you go for it. Um, but for now, anyway, it is goodbye from from the guest cat who's now no. buggered off into the kitchen uh, no. goodbye from Andres goodbye thank you goodbye from Dan goodbye and thanks for listening and goodbye and see you next week from me goodbye <laughs>